Welcome to episode five of Let's Talk with Lee Piet. And this week I'm joined by the utterly delightful national treasure that is Lorraine Kelly. One of the things I've always loved about Lorraine is how she's been an ally for LGBT plus rights for a number of years. And in this episode, she discusses her friend Gary, who died in the 80s from AIDS-related illnesses, how times have changed, and how her proudest achievement is being crowned by attitude as an honorary gay. She discusses her upbringing, how she met her husband, and what a typical day as a breakfast TV host looks like. She is so warm. I met her a few years ago and she jumped at the chance to do this, which I am so grateful for. So enjoy, uh, subscribe, rate, do everything I have asked of you and more. Um, And enjoy as you listen to the queen of daytime telly, Lorraine Kelly. I am joined in the studio, delighted, thrilled, ecstatic, (laughs) To be joined, I mean, okay, this lady needs no introduction. You have Madonna, <laughs> you have Adele, and we have Lorraine. You can't put me up there with those two icons. How kind of you, that's lovely. <laughs> um, Lorraine Kelly, thank you so much for doing this. I did put on my Instagram yesterday, um, and it is true, I put on my Instagram a little teaser saying, um, oh, I'm recording with my guest tomorrow, very excited, um, and I said something like, you wake up with her every morning, Monday to Friday. And before I even carried on, people already knew. They got it. They knew. Oh, that's good. So loads of people have that's clearly woken up with you in the morning. <laughs> I know it is odd, isn't it? When you think of the time that we're on, the amount of people that say to me, oh, I watch you in my bed or I watch when I'm brushing my teeth. And then some other people go into a little bit more detail. And I just think, no, they're fine. I'll just leave that there. Oh, really? Oh, really? Re- like kind of <laughs> see. <laughs> <laughs> oh right okay but most people are watching when they've you know they've got the kids off to school and they maybe come back and i just always say leave the washing up leave everything sit down make yourself a cup of tea and have a little hour to yourself a little you comfort know. hour yeah it's a little bit because you know when you think about my show i've got two very noisy men i'm the, you know between me i've got peers yeah and then there's me and then there's jeremy kyle oh, so there's two noisy guys either side of me so we're a little quiet sort of uh, a little quiet space you're the the yes. mattress topper absolutely that's a very good description i like that um <laughs> let's talk about you've been in telly now for is it over 30 years it's love it's 35 years in breakfast telly um before that i started i left school and i went into my local newspaper and the east Kilbride news which is where i started and then i went to the bbc bbc scotland for i only lasted a bit less than a year there because i was told by the big boss that i would never make it in television because my accent yeah this is bbc scotland by the way <laughs> <laughs> well, because so, you're Scottish. But the thing was, back then in the 80s, people didn't really speak like me. You didn't have, you know, Ant- Anton Dick with, the, you know, they've also got a beautiful Geordie accent, Eamon, lovely Irish accent, mm-hmm. myself. You didn't have people like us. It, it was very, very unusual to have someone with, you know, with a, an accent, really. Well, it's, so, funny yeah. you should, it's funny you should say that because um, Kay Adams, yeah. I was working with last week mm, um, on of Loose, of course. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, they showed a clip of her interviewing Margaret Thatcher and her accent, obviously she's Scottish. Yeah. It was like a kind of posh 
It was. It was, was she so, putting on a posh was, voice? Honestly, if you go on YouTube, she, she was. <laughs> but she was saying, just like you just That's said, so the time back then you, they were like, "You won't make it." No, if no, no, no. They told me to have elocution lessons, which I obviously couldn't, because um, I just thought I can't. If I'm going to be doing live telly, you can't do that. You've got to be yourself. Do you mm. know what I mean? So. Um, as luck would have it, you know, sometimes the stars align. It, literally on that day when he said that to me, um, somebody said to me, oh, you know the, the guy from TVAM who covers Scotland for TVN? He's leaving. A guy with the magnificent name of Torquil Riach. What a great oh. name that is. Um, he's he's going. And I thought, well, do you know what? And I just picked the phone up and asked to be put through to the boss of TVAM. And they said, come down. And I interviewed and I got the job. Wow. And I would never actually have the nerve now to phone up the boss of a TV station. And But when you're young and you're in your 20s and you've yeah. got nothing to lose, you think, why not? So I got the job as a reporter with TVAM, was there for about two or three years. And then I came down to London. It was after Lockerbie. They asked me to come down and do the news hour, okay. six to seven news hour. Um, and I was only supposed to be there for a week. And that was um, 89. And I've been here ever since. <laughs> so it worked out. So you start, so let's go from the very beginning yeah, where yeah, you yeah. were born. Yes. Okay. Was it just outside Glasgow? Am I right it was in saying? Glasgow. It was the Gorbals in Glasgow. Okay. Um, and my mum and dad were very young. They were only 18. Okay. And they had me and um, we moved to a, well, they took me home to a little, it's called a single end. I kind of guess now it would be a studio flat. It was called basically a single end is one room with an outside toilet. Okay. And it, I mean, I didn't realise, but everybody, you know, says that the Gorbals was, fair. it was a, you know, it was a rough area, but an amazing sense of community, real good sense of community. And we moved from that little one bedroom house to, oh my God, the joy of joys, to Bridgeton, where it was a room and kitchen and an inside toilet. So that was a big step up yeah, in the world when I, I was three. That was really good. Um, were you we, like, I've made it? Oh, that was it. That was the height of luxury. But my mum and dad were, ve- like I said, they were very young, you know, compared with all my friends, um, mums and dads. But what was great about that was growing up with in the 60s, my mum was wearing mini skirts and makeup she was into. And she was listening to the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and, you know, Bob Dylan and all of that. And, you know, she also had the old Dusty Springfield records. So I grew up with all this music and with these really young modern parents that taught me to read and write before I went to primary school. You know, they were very into education and, you know, Making, yourself, making as much of yourself as you can. You know, they weren't pushy, but everything was there for you. I always think it's weird going into someone's house when there's no books. Because mm. I was I was born surrounded with books and newspapers and magazines and all of that. And I guess that's where I got my love of, well, yeah, love of literature, which lasts till this day. I've always got a book in my bag, you know. It's great. And that's thanks to my mum and dad. Um, and, and just from you saying that, because I've always thought from seeing you on telly and I've met you a few times through here, you are so, you're, you're very liberal you're, you're an ally. You're a gay ally oh, for God, a start. Oh, God, I hope so. You I'm, are. I'm, Weren't you nominated for it? Do you know what? My most, my proudest moment was um, Attitude. At the Attitude <laughs> Awards, I go, honorary gay. I am actually gay. Uh, well, I'm an honorary gay. But you're I, an HG. I am. Um, I mean, that, I think that's brilliant. And But see, I don't understand why you can't, why anybody wouldn't be an ally. I don't well, get it. Well, that. I don't get it. Well, that's probably because you were bought, brought up by your parents sure, to, yeah. you know, if they're introducing you to 
all this music yeah. and this kind of eclectic mix of yeah, stuff in that yeah, world yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and very arty which traditionally art is quite you know open I guess, to everyone but also I think it's that thing of being an outsider and I always felt a little bit on the outside right. looking in you know when I was a kid um, it was really quite odd because because my mum and dad both worked and they worked really hard I was considered in, in Glasgow to be quite posh in a way um it's weird looking at that now but you know my mum would put me in really nice little clothes and I would she'd put ringlets in my hair and and pink ribbons I mean I might as well have had a sign saying beat me up you know? <laughs> so funnily enough I, Lorraine I was dressed the same and they did beat me up <laughs> but it was also me too but I mean it wasn't it wasn't terrible but I did get a little bit bullied at school as you imagine but then when we moved from Glasgow to East Kilbride which is a new town just outside of Glasgow a bit like Milton Keynes that sort of idea yeah um, I was considered scruff because I'd come from Glasgow. So I had this weird thing going on. And I always felt a little bit of a, I was also a bit of a rebel and a little bit of an outsider. And when that happens, outsiders stick together. So an awful lot of my friends were were gay. You know, a lot of them were gay growing up. Um, but they were just my pals. I didn't put them in a category. I didn't say, oh, that's, you know, that's Gary, my gay friend. He was just Gary, you know. And and I, and I do remember, I do remember um, in the 80s, because sadly, Gary died. It was very, very sad. He died of AIDS um, back in the time where they wouldn't let us see him. Oh, oh it was awful. It was awfully. They wouldn't let us. They wouldn't let us in the hospital. They wouldn't let us see him. He was in a room. Um, eventually, I did get to see him because I brought him some freesia. Because by that time, he couldn't. Just most of his senses had gone. Apart from his sense of smell, he gone blind, and it was it was hellish. It was absolutely hellish. And I remember at the time being worried that, you know, he's not going to be the only one we're going to lose and thinking that we've got to do something about this because obviously, you know, this is a, this is a, at that time, we didn't realise how bad it was going to be. But I just thought all Gary needed was a hug. Mm. And we were able to do that. We were, we were able to do that eventually, but it was a fight. But I'm talking really early 80s, you know, that was when, when we first heard about this and, and nobody knew what it was. Nobody had any idea what it was. And then I remember, God bless her, I'll never forget it, Elizabeth Taylor. She championed, she she was actually, and Princess Diana, mm. when they actually stood up and it took those two amazing women to make the rest of the world think to themselves, this is not, how can we treat people like pariahs? This is outrageous. And when Diana had that, you know, she, she shook hands with that lovely guy who was dying and she shook his hand and I thought, thank God. And I don't think she get enough credit for that. And I don't think Elizabeth Taylor get enough credit for it either. I really don't. Yeah, and you see how far, I mean, there is still, How far we've come. Yeah. How far we've come. And it's wonderful. And how far we've come generally. But geez, there's still, there's still prejudice out there. Why are we in a situation where part of the United Kingdom, Northern Ireland, still will not allow two people who love each other, who happen to be gay, not get married? It's ridiculous. What is wrong with people? I just, I, it makes me furious. But it you, really does. It, I don't I, understand. I know. It just doesn't make any sense. And the frustration oh. must come from... <laughs> do you need a moment? <laughs> it just You're more me, angry than I am. <laughs> it just gets me so angry. I don't understand. No, it. It's I, celebrating love. We should be celebrating people loving each other and wanting to make a commitment to one another. And wanting to have a big party for all their pals. And, and also people just need to realise that we're not trying to quote mark recruit anyone oh, for we're Christ's not sakes. you know that drives me nuts like, it really does i just want to get married that always, always makes me laugh about you know uh, straight guys who are really bigoted and who think that, do they honestly think that any gay man is actually going to be after them i know <laughs> give us a break we've got a taste exactly. <laughs> standards thank you very much oh. uh, um so you now live it do you don't you 
split your time? Kind of, yeah, I do. I, I, we, we did move um, permanently down to just outside of London. We live near Marlow. It's lovely. We used to live there a long, long, long time ago when Rosie was first born. But once Rosie now lives in my daughter, she lives in uh, Singapore now, lives oh. and works in Singapore. Um, and we thought, it's crazy going up and down, up and down. Steve's rattling about in a house up in, up in Dundee. Um, so, yeah, we decided to move down here, which was actually really interesting because I'd had about 10 years of being on my own during the week and then toddling home. Oh. So we had this kind of long distance romance, which in some ways was really good because you never get bored with one another. Mm. But in other ways, I really missed them. So it's actually good now, but it takes a little, you've got to adjust. It takes a little bit of adjusting. And it doesn't matter to me, we've been married, gosh, 27 years, been together a lot longer than that, but you have to work at it. And didn't you meet him wasn't he your, one of your cameramen? He was my cameraman. Yeah, when, ah. I was a, when I was a reporter in Scotland, um, he walked in, I'll never forget it, walked into the wee, tiny wee office that we had in Glasgow and then walks this wee fella from Dundee and I thought, that's the man I'm going to marry. Oh, really? Took me, Lee, it took me a year. A year? A year. You knew. <laughs> you but knew. I knew and we, I, just, I, I just knew. It just, and he makes me laugh and he makes me laugh to this day. What was it? Just an instinct? Was it the I minute you looked at him? I don't know. With it. Yeah, I just thought there's something about this guy that I really like. You know, obviously it's that kind of attraction thing. You know, I fancy the of pants course, yeah. But then when I got to know him, and we got to know each other that year, and then we went to Glencoe um, to do a story about the mountain rescue team up there, and we ended up having a few drinks with the mountain rescue boys. Boy, don't ever try and beat them at a drinking competition. Okay. And I found the joys of an Alabama slammer. Have you ever heard of this? Um, I, I, I believe it's so. It's a shot glass, right? It's a shot glass and you put some tequila in it and then you put some, um, it could be ginger ale or something like that. And then you put your hand over the wee shot glass, bang it on the bar so that it goes whoosh and then you guzzle it like in a winner. Okay. So we had a few of them, and that's tequila. when I made my, that's when I made my mark. I just I made a pounce. I black out with like tequila. a ninja. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it anymore though. Tequila is no, I can't do. It. I'm no. now I'm a responsible wife and mother. Obviously, I don't have Alabama slammers. What but, do you have? What is your poison? Um, I do like really, really freezing, freezing cold glass of prosecco. Oh. I'm not a big fan of champagne. I think it tastes and smells like cat's pee pee. I agree. Uh-huh. I agree. So and you must. Lovely. And, you know, we've all got problems, but the amount of events that you probably go to where it's free champagne, and I'm, I'm usually a plus one, <laughs> but I go to these events I I and I'm like, I don't like ma- champagne. I don't go to that many. Oh, do you not? No, I think partly because. Um, Partly because it can't be ours. Yeah, the boring. Um, and, <laughs> and also partly because I can't go to things at night because I'm up early. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. So that's a wee bit of a shame. I mean, I go to now and again, I do. And also, I've, I'm in a very fortunate position. When I love movies, but I don't. I, I wouldn't necessarily go to a premiere of a film unless it's Star Trek. But I wouldn't go to that because I get to see it. I get to see them in little screenings. It's right. the biggest perk of the job. It's fantastic. So a movie's coming out. Say it was like The Greatest Showman. Well, they put a wee screening on for you. So you go to a lovely wee theatre in Soho on your own. Nobody is eating and talking and unwrapping sweetie papers that drives me crazy. You just watch the film and then you go and interview Hugh Jackman. I mean, uh, that is, uh, you know, sometimes I say it out loud and I just think I've got to pinch myself. Yeah, does it still? Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, yes. Still get excited about it. So Hugh Jackman. Oh, the nicest man in the world. Really? Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's good to know. He is lovely. And he genuinely is a lovely, lovely man. And I remember um, talking to him because obviously you get your 10 minute slot. But if he likes you, you'll sit and have a wee chat. And I was just saying to him, why you have to go back to Hollywood and teach all of these 
you know, people how to behave because you are him and Tom Hanks are two of the nicest guys and as Hugh Jackman said look it's my job I've got to do these interviews you know that's what Tom Hanks says as well I've got to do them so why be grumpy about it then yeah. everybody has a rubbish time you might as well you know you've got to do it he said for goodness sake I'm sitting in a posh hotel somebody's given me a lovely suit to wear and I'm talking about myself <laughs> <laughs> and a film that I love and I'm passionate about what's, you know, and you just say, oh, I wish everyone was like that, I'll tell you. Was, are you allowed to say any that haven't been as... Sure. Um, oh, Kevin, Kevin Spacey was horrid. Oh. He was not nice. And that was before, actually not that long before all of the allegations, which I know are at the moment allegations. Um, but he was really... I've heard horror stories about him. Ungracious, I think, is what I would say. And just made it very, very difficult for all concerned. And I thought, what a shame, because it, he was talking about House of Cards before he got biffed from House of Cards. Um, and, he, <laughs> <laughs> and he was just, yeah, he was difficult. And there was no need for him to be difficult. I understand if people are a bit, Maybe they're shy. I don't know. Although I can't imagine many actors are shy, but they might be. I mean, I remember talking to um, Reef Fines actually, and he doesn't like being interviewed very much. But what a lovely, lovely guy! Yeah. So it shows, even if you don't want to do it necessarily, you can still be, you, know, you can still be gracious about it. You can mm. still be. And he was, he was a delight compared with the likes of Kevin Spacey, which was, um, yeah, it was a real eye opener actually. And, I, and when the allegations happened, I kind of went, hmm. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people did kind of oh, do that. It was, it was an accident. Week. I mean, everybody knew it was going to happen, I guess. Mm. It was only afterwards I sort of knew and all these stories started coming out. But uh, yeah, we'll need to wait and see what happens with that, I guess. But gosh, I mean, it, it just shows you, though, you know, people that people that are terribly arrogant. Usually, I think I, I believe in karma and it might not happen right away. But I think if somebody is really mean spirited and bigoted mm. um Karma is going to bite them on the bum eventually. Yeah. Eventually. One would uh, like to hope. Um, <laughs> so, 30 years of breakfast. Gosh, I know. Telly. Scary. And it's, I was looking at the kind of timeline. It's very confusing, but it was LK Today. Oh, Jesus. It's been called everything. What's all that about? They've simplified it now. Yes, it's, just, it's just Lorraine. Yes, okay. It is. And how long have you been doing Lorraine as it's this brand? About 25 years, because Rosie is 25. Okay. Nearly, so it must be about twenty-five years. Because before that, I did uh, GMTV with Eamon. Of with Eamon, and we're both still here, both survivors. He's brilliant. He's such an amazing He's broadcaster. Lovely. He's a really good guy. He's a really, really good, very generous guy. He's fantastic. And then before that, I did TVAM with Mike Morris. And Mike was, again, very underrated, Mike. Very mm. underrated, very, very good at his job. But he wasn't shouty or showy. He just sort of got on with it. He really did. He was really good. Um, yes, yeah, so there's been lots and lots of different regimes <laughs> and different permutations. But, yeah, I started doing my own show just after Rosie, I think, she was born in the June, and then I started doing my own show in, in the January, which was great. And uh, actually, weirdly, I spoke to Eamon about something similar, and I, I was going to ask you this. As a freelancer, yes, you are, you're self-employed, yes. you're a freelancer. Um, and for 25 years, has there ever been points? Because Eamon said to me, every job I take, I assume it's going to be my last. Oh, gosh, I couldn't Do agree you with still the have Absolutely. that? Absolutely. I still think I'm getting away with it. I honestly think somebody, as we are talking, I think somebody's going to walk in, tap me on the shoulder and say, OK, we found you out. It, like imposter syndrome. Totally, totally. And I would kind of go, yeah, yeah. Because there is that wee thing. I don't know whether it's a, a working class thing or what it is, but there's that thing of you're not quite good enough. Well, you're not quite good enough. And I think Eamon's a wee bit like that as well. Mm, I have a theory on that. And I think the best, perfor- I've known 
a lot of performers. Of course, you must see everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. And I think the best performers or the best art comes from the fact that you always don't think you're going to be good enough Mm. because then you push yourself to carry on. And I've met dancers, quote marks, actors, singers, quote marks, who aren't very good, who think they're amazing. And (laughs) and I think you're not good because you've always thought you were brilliant. So you don't have to kind of work hard because I think you've got to put in the work. I mean, I, I, always always do my homework of course I do I, I go and see the movie I read you the go book, and meet Hugh Jackman to, exactly it's so <laughs> tough gosh it's hard isn't it but I do you know if I'm going to see something like, I, I I make sure that I've got all the information um, I, have, I don't put down questions so much Lee, but I put down bullet points yeah. because it's like what we're having it's a conversation isn't it and you never know what direction that conversation is going to go but you need to have all the background that you've done the work mm-hmm. and it's absolutely vital you can't just bounce into it you really can't and even to this day I still you know I, I spend hours uh, researching and, and working things out well I've met you what what we're on about half ten as we're recording yeah. this and you've just finished a, a, brief, a debrief and yes. then a brief for your show tomorrow and yeah. um, so I wanted to just very quickly in a nutshell because I assume a lot of people think you rock up you have your makeup done <laughs> oh, you have yeah. breakfast you sit down on the chair and you chat you yeah and it's not like no, that I know it's, it's not it's what is no. a typical day um, a typical day starts about five right um, I usually get up just before five o'clock and I'm always very organised I always have my clothes out you know comfies my comfies I call them mm-hmm. um, I have a quick shower and I always check the news as soon as I wake up I check my phone and then on the way into work I go through all the scripts that I've already seen but I go through them again because an awful lot of the show we do on the day you know we do it in the morning and then we come in have a meeting about what we're going to do bear in mind that can change dramatically and go through everything um hair and makeup which takes longer and longer the older you get (laughs) takes a long time no helen hand who does my makeup she's a genius absolute genius you want to see me when i first come in it's terrifying so she sorts all of that out in the meantime i'm in contact with the team all the time they're buzzing in and out you know things have changed this has moved you know, we, we're in London, so guests are late, so we have to move things around. But viewers will never know, hopefully, that we've moved things around. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but it might be that we, we just have to because of circumstances. Or we have to drop things because a breaking news story happens or whatever. Um, and then we do the show. After the show, we have a debrief. Then we talk about what we're going to do the next day. And then I just check in with the team throughout the day. And they usually call me about five for about an hour to go through everything again. Right. So yeah. you're still... Yeah, you're kind of... Yeah, you are. And then after that, I go and I sit and I do my homework. So you usually get finished about sometimes seven sometimes eight it depends wow. and then in the meantime during that day you might have to go and see a movie for me that's no hardship because no, i love that of course or you have to go see a play or read a book or whatever whatever or watch a tv thing do you have any pre-show rituals um not really just but i'm very kind of like um organized in that sense i do like that i i am very neat and very sort of tied to the point of maybe it's too much sometimes and I'm always early for things like my husband says we're always the first ones to arrive at a party so I've got this fear of being late you know it really because I can't be late from a job I can't be late of course I can't, it's like I can't come in you know sort of 10 minutes late and everybody goes oh it's fine you know we showed a picture of cats in a basket or Piers had a rant you know for 10 minutes you, know, you can't really do that well that does sometimes be- <laughs> happen <laughs> you've got to be there you know so that's the thing but I know not really so much I always have always have a cup of tea though always have a cup of okay. tea that's my thing um but as far as Teen porridge. All right. I have that about six in the morning. Yeah. And then, of course, because of funny hours, round about now, I'm sort of getting a bit peckish because it's kind of my lunchtime, which is a bit mad. But yeah. Okay. Um, You probably get asked this as a 
talk show. Talk show? Would, would you be saying you're a talk show host? Kind of. What's the I role? Think, What's I, the job? I don't really know. I mean, I, I think yeah, host. because the thing about it is, it's it's so different, you know. Because we do, yes, there is aspects of being a talk show host when we're doing mm. celeb interviews, but and and we do obviously entertainment a wee bit like the E Channel. We do all the entertainment news, but then we do a lot of human interest as well. We can do breaking news too, and um, so yeah, we do we do health. We do like a lot of public awareness campaigns and things. So, yes, everything. Daytime telly, you go on, obviously you're yourself, but there must be an element where you're listening to a story of... Um, a, a man who's just lost his wife to cancer or something like that four weeks ago and as a person you obviously get really emotional towards that and you have to be careful and you have I to know. kind of almost play a role in the sense that you have to detach yourself from that sure. and then the next part you're talking about adorable cats that are <laughs> taken around on the tube or something yeah, ridiculous yeah. how do you are there it's methods difficult you do that? it's quite hard I mean it can be very very difficult because obviously you know people don't want to see me sort of in the last thing in the world I want to do is upset a guest who's been so brave mm. to come on and talk about something that's so so very important to them and um, so you do there is I suppose there's a persona if you yeah, know of course. And you know, in some days I come on. You know, unfortunately, my dad's not very well just now, and he's. You know, we are going through. He's going through a, a, a tough time. I can't come in in the morning, you know, crying and saying, you know, my, my dad's not well, and I'm I'm having a terrible time because people don't want that. They want to see, you know, the show the way that the show is, and sometimes it will be emotional, and sometimes it will be funny, and sometimes it'll be thought provoking. I hope, but you can't. You've got to sort of like. Yeah, you have to kind of pull yourself together and get on with it, you know, which is always the mantra that I can hear my mother in in the back, you know, saying to me, just get on with it. The show must go on and you've got to do it. So I think I think we're all a bit like that. I don't think it matters what job that you do. I think everybody has to has to do that to a certain extent. Yeah, you know, we, of course. We all are a bit like that. I mean, I, yeah, I think we're all we're all a little bit like that. Like I say, you are yourself. But you're not totally. So I mean, you know, I'm not. I'm not sitting there, sort of knocking back to kill the sunrises and and swearing because that would be bad. But I might <laughs> Alabama, slam. Yes, I might do that in my in my real life. But of course, you. So we're all versions of ourselves. Yeah, and you go and you go and see a play. You would never see a play, and if the person came on and was all upset because something that you know the the show must go in. Exactly. They're gone. That exactly. is the ma- mantra. Yeah. Um. But what I was going to ask when when I said talk show host, everyone always asks this to any people who have guests yeah dream guest Gosh. or have you already had your dream i guest? have had quite a few dream guests you've had some great guests i, I remember for anyone who doesn't know i met you we did they trialed audience that's shows right. yeah we did that <laughs> it didn't work no it didn't work because it's that it was early time in the morning day. that would have cheering beautifully at night or at tea time it would have been great and it was a very interesting experiment i actually really enjoyed it yeah it was really good you were so welcoming to it me was, i was a bit nervous about meeting you i no. have to say i was because <laughs> i was like well i mean <laughs> you know you've been on telly i grew up it's the same with eamon i grew up watching oh, you and i do lovely. have weird moments even kind of sat here now where i'm like i'm talking to lorraine kelly i'm texting <laughs> Lorraine Kelly um and you were so you came and gave me a big hug but you were great you were well, so good at your you. job because you got the audience going which was wonderful you know it was absolutely brilliant I know that's I think you've got the hardest job in the world it is really it can tough. be tough but and you really have to work really hard it's, yeah it's it's a tough one especially if it's a long record I mean with us it wasn't we just no you live, I mean you, you were know. bam 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 but, bam you know if it's a long record then it is but, but one of the guests that time was mm. Kate Winslet Excellent. Another one where I, I yeah. was—I think it was a pre-record you were doing with her, That's so the right. audience was gone, but I was hanging around. Oh, she was—I was like, I might just bump into her. She's a good pal of the show, though. She loves our our Nick Nick Rylance, who does all of our 
bookings for pink uh, yes, yeah. and she adores him so that was that was great and someone like that I really liked her because she you know she didn't come she, we could ask her anything she wasn't bothered about it she said yeah you can ask me anything at all she was on to that movie she did with Idris Elba so that was really good and I enjoyed that she was a dream guest um I because I love everything to do with space and sci-fi and things like that. Uh, delighted, I, I met Leonard Nimoy, who plays Spock, who was my first crush as a kid. Okay. I mean, I told you I was a bit of an odd child, but loved it. <laughs> um, and, and also Buzz Aldrin, Second Man on the Moon. I mean, oh, that oh. was incredible. But I'll tell you, who I'd love to interview. I'd really love to interview Michelle Obama. I think yeah. that'd be very interesting. Um, and tell her to please run for president. I did interview Oprah Winfrey. Now that was hard. Because like she's that. Oprah Winfrey. And in my, I mean, before I interviewed her, we've always got this thing, me and my friends, we always go, you know, if we've got a dilemma, what would Oprah do? <laughs> <laughs> we always say that to ourselves. What do you think Oprah would do about that? She'd give out free cards you know to the I mean? audience. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so we always get this thing about Oprah Winfrey. And then, of course, when I met her, I was very nervous about meeting her, obviously, because she's the doyenne and she's the example and she's, you know, the And goddess. she's also done a show very similar to yours. Kind so of, you would have yeah. kind of think, oh, God, she, is she just- was lovely. And so generous and so kind and exactly what you would think she was. So I was thrilled to bits. Um, the producer I took along with us was such a fan of hers. He sat in the corner almost in tears of happiness. It was wonderful. And it's great to see that. It's really mm. good to see people. And also when the person that they really admired lives up to their expectations, which obviously she did. She was fantastic. I'm looking down at your phone case right now. Yes. And you have a RuPaul <laughs> phone case. I do. You I truly are an honorary gay. Have you ever had RuPaul? Um, a long time ago, really, she was uh, as when she was in drag, yeah. and oh, I've never seen a more beautiful human being, astonishingly beautiful. And I'm in the next the British series of RuPaul's Drag Race, which is coming, I think, in September. So I'm actually like, I'm a oh, guest on it. Oh, are you? I'm not a drag queen, although but, I could be. But um, I'm, be I'm a, drag a guest king. on it. I'd be a drag king. I would. So oh. you're going to be a judge. Well, I'm going to be I'm going to be a guest for the snatch game, but don't tell anybody. I'm not allowed to tell anyone. Oh, really? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Maybe a bit late now. You can't say the bag, innit? I was just going to say this is a podcast. (laughs) Um, Oh, okay, fab. I mean, I was telling you before we started, I'm the worst gay because I've not seen RuPaul. How can you not have seen RuPaul's? What is your... You're a bad gay. I've seen it. I know. Bad gay. Oh, Lorraine Kelly's called me a bad gay. (laughs) I'm going to watch the British one. Watch the British one because it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be absolutely out of this world. I was telling you earlier, it's because there's so many series of it and I'm just a bit like, oh. I know, but but think of all that catch-up you've got to do. I've got loads. Do you know what I love about it? It's life-affirming. Yes, it's funny. Yes, it can be snarky and, you know, and some of the queens can be a bit mean to one another sometimes, but it's got real heart. And some of the stories that are told, oh, they are just, they're inspirational. It's very sad sometimes. Yeah. You know what people have gone through? You know, maybe when they've come out to their parents, their parents have shunned them and they found their own family, their own, you know, their own family in, in the community, which is fantastic. But it's, it's and it's, gosh, it's funny. Jeez, it's funny. I mean, oh, yeah, I love it. It's my favourite thing on telly. I absolutely what, love it. What else do you watch? Oh, jeez, I watch everything. Yeah. I've, I don't watch as much TV as I used to at the time it's on because we can do all these other things I like know, Netflix yeah. and, you know, the ITV hub and all of that. I still watch Cory. I still watch Cory. I watch that. Um, and I watch loads and loads of Netflix. Loads of Netflix. Far too much of it, actually. But I do love it. I like Billions. Oh, yeah. Not yeah, seen that. it's all right. It's Billions. Have you watched Pose? No. You are, honestly. I'm, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Honestly, Lee, I don't got watch. to watch Pose. It's fantastic. It's about like the eighties, you know. When, oh yes, when it, yeah, 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 it's yeah, really yeah, good. Yes. It's really, really good. It's about that whole sort of drag scene in New York. The thing um, is, you get recommended. You're like, oh, I'll start, and then someone else is going, watch this, watch, watch this. It's, it's another one. Um, We've got too much. much. We're spoiled for choice. We are spoiled for choice. It's too much now, isn't it? There's loads and loads and loads, but some really great stuff out there. Uh, Lorraine, I ask everyone this yeah. at the end of the podcast um your mantra for life my mantra for life do you know what it would be it would be and it's the thing my grand told me don't keep things for bests you know when somebody gives you perfume or mm-hmm. lingerie or a present or a scented candle and you think i'll keep that no 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 light the candle wear the underwear spray on the perfume Exactly. I totally agree with that. Someone's once said that to me as well. Don't save it for best. Lorraine, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, Adore you. (laughs) Right back at you. You can go eat now, even though it's half past or or 10 to 11. I know I'm going to go for lunch. How mad is that? No. Thank you, Lorraine. (laughs) Thank you, hon.